Sabres and Blue Jackets Friday night, a one-year anniversary that's actually a pretty cool anniversary, and another team in the NHL that's got some serious relocation questions that is a similar situation to Buffalo, but I'll tell you why one's very different than the other. That's coming up here in the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Friday night means Sabres at Blue Jackets in Columbus. We will have a preview of tonight's game. I'll have my parlay of the day and also some Sabres droughtology for you that is related to tonight's opponent. All that ahead in the back half of today's show. So stay tuned for that. I've got a bunch of stuff to get to before that, including a one-year anniversary of something, uh, a moment that everybody will remember and remember, maybe remember fondly. And, This situation in Winnipeg looks a little dire. I'll explain if you don't know about this story, and you might hear me talk about it and go, wait a minute, that kind of sounds like a little bit of what's going on here, but I'll tell you why it's very, very different on multiple levels. All ahead here on today's show, be sure to check us out on our text line. Go to joinsubtext.com slash lockedonsabers, and you can sign up to become a sortie today there. What do we have this morning for you uh, from the uh, from the old text line? Uh, I threw in something about Chad Johnson uh, having the best goalie season that the Sabres have had in the last 10 years. That fired up a little bit of an Uka Pekka Lukanen conversation. Um, but anyways, there are a lot of good comments in there, and I'll read some of them, especially after the Columbus game, as we'll uh, interact back and forth there. So, at Locked on Sabres, by the way, if you want to check us out on Twitter. So before we get to Sabres and Blue Jackets, and before we get to the one-year anniversary, I'll give it away, the Ilya Labushkin goal in Tampa, there is a developing story in Winnipeg that is coming mainly from Chris Johnston of The Athletic and also uh, TSN, Insider Trading, their segment that they do on TSN. And basically to give you the cliff notes of what's happening is Johnston is reporting that the NHL is monitoring the situation in Winnipeg. They have seen a 30% drop in attendance in the last three years with their ticket base. Gary Bettman will be in Winnipeg on Tuesday to meet with some of the team's important corporate sponsors. Then, You have a further breakdown this morning that has some very alarming comments from the Winnipeg Jets executive vice president. And those comments imply or are basically a threat to the fans. If you guys don't start coming, 
we're not going to be able to stay here. The title of the Johnston story is Winnipeg Jets ownership sounds the alarm on attendance. Not going to work over the long haul. There are, this is all from uh, Mark Chipman, who is the, actually, excuse me, not the executive vice president. He's the chairman of the Winnipeg Jets. The chairman of the Winnipeg Jets has a quote this morning about the team, its existence, the state, of things um, that they have had a 27% decline. So I guess they rounded up with the 30, but 27% decline in their ticket base in the last three years. And they have stopped selling out games to a point where he is talking about the long-term sustainability, not being there for the Winnipeg jets. Should they not have the fans come back? And if you look at, Average NHL attendance in the league in this season. Now, Winnipeg's at a disadvantage at the start that they have a smaller arena. Just under 16,000 is max capacity versus like the Sabres who are over 19,000. So when they first arrived, due to the smaller arena and the fact that the NHL more, way more than the NFL, more than the NBA, more than Major League Baseball, is the most gate-driven league that we have. They are very much driven by gate revenue. Ticket revenue is important to the NHL. And especially those smaller market teams, it's it's their, you know, their money pool. That's where a lot of it comes from. So when Bettman introduced the franchise on day one, he said, this is going to have to be a sellout every night or it's not going to go well. And here we are about a decade later, a little bit over a decade later, and I'm going to not count the Arizona Coyotes for this because they play in a college arena. That's like a whole other situation. It's kind of amazing. They're still there, uh, and we have threats about Winnipeg already. But either way, this season, the Jets, who are third in their division and by points percentage are actually first place in their division, have the lowest attendance in the NHL at 13,098. Lower than the Sharks, lower than the Ducks, lower than the Sabres by almost 3,000. So by percentage, Winnipeg might be doing a little bit better, but hey, that's the deal you signed. You've got a smaller arena. You better be able to fill that thing up every single night. The Sabres can get away with only 80% of the building being full because 80% of the building being full in Buffalo is the same as 100% in Winnipeg. So what you have is a very good Winnipeg Jets team that has got the best goalie in hockey and is on their way to making the playoffs, and they're not filling up the building. Now, there are reasons for that. Inflation and the COVID uh, pandemic, like, hit Winnipeg, maybe, I, again, I'm going to have a very elementary opinion on this, but it sounds to me like it hit Winnipeg harder than it did other cities. And maybe that's true of other Midwestern Canadian cities. I don't know. But that's some of the reasoning I saw for that, is that Winnipeg financially has not had a good couple of years. Not that anybody has, but maybe it's been worse for them than others. So here they are, dead last in the league in attendance. And here now come warnings from Bettman from ownership. That's where panic mode should really set in if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan. But 
I had some questions on our text line even about this. Like, what makes Buffalo and Winnipeg different? Because I've been someone that here and there will just bring up, hey, like, it's, you know, I wonder. I, I've, I've more so wondered about the Sabres state of things in the NHL when it comes to stuff like this. Because they can't, they can't be profitable. I mean, already you have an NHL that is very much carried by like five franchises Montreal, Toronto, the Rangers, the Kings, like some of the, Chicago, some of these big market teams carry like 90% of the weight for the ad revenue or the money revenue that comes into the league. The Sabres were never that team in the first place, but I got to think they're not pulling their weight. But I think there are two critical differences why attendance should really worry a Jets fan this morning and should never worry a Sabre fan. And I shouldn't say never, but I'll say, you know, it would take a lot. Let's just say that. I, I, could, I, I might want actually, you know what, I'm going to say never. It should never worry a Sabre fan, and it should probably worry a Winnipeg Jeff fan is two things. One, we know the reason why the Sabres don't have good attendance. It's very clear. Winnipeg, there are a lot of factors. There are complicating factors. There's a why. What do you mean? You're in second, you're in first place uh, by one way to do the standings, and you're not filling up the building? How? You're Winnipeg. We went, we went here because you're the diehards. You're the, the, the fan base that's been screaming, give us our team back for 20 years. And your team is good, and you're not able to fill up the building? Small market team? Well, I guess this is why. This is, this is probably Gary Bettman feeling vindicated. I'm not saying he's happy, but I'm saying he's probably feeling like, hey, I was. this is why I moved them in the first place. This is why I didn't go to Quebec City. I haven't gone back to Quebec City. You're not big enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough corporate sponsorship. You don't have the GDP in your metropolitan area to support this team. You're just too small. And here you go. This is Bettman probably showing this is the evidence. This city is too small to have an NHL franchise because that team is good and there is never a circumstance where a team that is good shouldn't have the building be full. That is a why a reason why, to me, Gary Bettman stood behind the Sabres in 2003-2004. When they were going through bankruptcy, he could have pushed and probably had it happen that the Sabres would leave. There was interest from, was it Portland, Oregon? And there could have been other big markets, I'm sure, that would have been interested. They could have left, but Bettman said no. Bettman said no thanks to the Portland guy. Maybe I don't want to give him all the credit for that, but I I think I do. He stepped in and had the league take over ownership of the team because he didn't want them to leave Buffalo. Why? As much as Buffalo is a small market, too. The question being asked about Winnipeg right now, why isn't the building full, would never be asked about Buffalo in the same circumstance. We don't have to ask why for the Sabres. We know. We know why the building's not full. It's just full because, or isn't full because the team stinks. And it stunk for a really long time. It was not a coincidence that last year, oh, look, attendance went up. And then I go to the standings and go, oh, yeah, well, this is the best season they had in 13 years. If the team wins, Buffalo fans will show up just automatically. If they were in the same spot in the standings Winnipeg was, 
they'd be there. And again, maybe I'm being harsh to Winnipeg fans because I don't know how their financial situation in their city compares to Buffalo. Uh, it sounds like it might be worse. So that's one big difference. Bettman has stood behind the Sabres. And you got to think he would move Winnipeg at the first chance that he could. He didn't want to go back there in the first place, right? Right there. He like kind of threatened the fan base the day they got there. Not like a big joyous occasion. I mean, there was some of that too, but hey, you guys better fill up the building. That was set on day one. And he had already moved the team or helped move the team, approved moving the team back in the 90s. He wants bigger markets. I think he's going to try to get the team back to Atlanta. What am I, what is, I would bet everything I've got that Gary Bettman is behind the scenes right now. And he's telling the board of governors, he's telling potential owners, he's telling, you know, league, whoever, the, the owner of the Jets, that I guarantee you Atlanta would support a first place team. The only reason the Thrashers weren't supported is because they stunk every single year they existed. I bet you, and I bet Bettman is selling a first place team in Atlanta would, would draw. It would, there would be fans there. You would, they would be full every night that they were good. At least you'd have that. They might not support it when they stink, but they would support it when they're good. And now you have to start to look at Winnipeg. I hope not. I love Winnipeg having a team. I think Winnipeg being in the Stanley Cup playoffs with the whiteout and the fan atmosphere is above and beyond anything that Atlanta ever could. So I hope they're able to get through this. I hope the fans are able to come back and the Jets are able to stay. But Atlanta, there are rumors about them returning to the NHL and Winnipeg now having the NHL monitor them. It doesn't sound very promising. To me, if I'm a Jet fan waking up this morning, I feel like I might be about to lose my team again. So those are some key differences, I think, between the two, uh, the tendons, the reasoning for it. And also, I think as long as Gary Bettman is commissioner, unless I see something different, I, I believe he's got Buffalo in his corner or that he will you know, never let them leave. Plus, he's Pagula. Pagula's not going to leave uh, in the first place. Key, 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 key differences for sure. All right, when we come back, one-year anniversary of not only the Ilya Labushkin bowl goal, but there was something that that goal did that it's been one year since we've, uh, we've had it happen. That's coming up here on the locked on Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by Ibotta grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back. Every time you shop, Ibotta is the free app that gives you the most cash back. Every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you are beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you could buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been trying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop for over 2,700 brands and re real retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code locked on NHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play. Download free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use the code locked on NHL. That's Ibotta, I B O T T A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code locked on NHL. 
Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We've got Sabres and Blue Jackets coming your way on Friday night. When you are done listening to us, be sure to make sure to listen to the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's now available on Amazon Fire TV and the Free Fire TV channels app. It's the one-year anniversary of a goal that's going to be a great trivia question in 10 years' time. Ilya Labushkin in overtime to beat the the Tampa Bay Lightning, February 23rd of 2023. And you know, the last couple of days, weeks, and months have been pretty down in the dumps and depressing and feeling like, well, do we're just we're we miss caring about results and games into these months. Well, we did have that one year ago. I remember where I was. I'm sure a lot of fans remember where they were. You heard it in Rob Ray's voice on the play-by-play call when he shouted when Labushkin scored the goal. When he's roaring down the ice in overtime, he takes down Kucherov with the stick. It was a little ticky-tack, but they were already shorthanded. They were never going to call it. And here comes Ilya Labushkin down the ice. And you know what? Because he got the puck before his own blue line, I think if you're like me and you realized who it was or you just heard Dan Dunleavy say it, you had two, three seconds to digest, oh man, here comes Labushkin on a breakaway. Of all people that you never seen in that situation, it might be the only breakaway of his entire NHL career, here comes Labushkin. If you watch the replay, Watch the Sabres bench. They all stand up. And I think it's Peyton Krebs who's jumping up and down like, no way. It's not not him. It can't be. It would be unbelievable. And he walks in. And I remember thinking this on the replay that day. It was such a smart shot. I don't know if he even thought about it. But he's got Vasilevsky moving to get into position and he shoots it from the face-off circle. Usually on a breakaway, you go in close and shoot, or you try to stick handle. But Labushkin doesn't waste any time. He gets that face-off circle. He rips it past Andre Vasilevsky. And then you got the camera shaking, talk with the, the big hog and all the, fit, the, the players, jump out onto the ice. And if you were like me, you probably stood up when Labushkin got the puck. And then when he scored... Didn't we all swear and and do like the biggest fist bump of your life? That really that really was the last time that it felt like that. It that it felt like holy like the, maybe the only time in the last decade where you've had a moment like that. Um maybe I'm forgetting some I'm not you know, I'm obviously for effect I'm I'm ignoring like the 10 game win streak goal by Jeff Skinner. But the Lubushkin goal was that and it felt like oh man they might actually make it part of the reason why it's also the one year anniversary of the last time the sabers were in the playoffs the last time they were in a playoff spot i should say when they won that game over tampa it propelled them into a wild card spot on a tiebreaker it was the only day like that night, the, the night of the 23rd into the 24th morning and afternoon, that was the only 24 hours we saw the Sabres in a playoff spot where you were able to open the standings, and there they were. They were in a spot. That was the only day. But you had that one day, 
and it was after that goal, that guy, that moment against that team, right? That's a great Tampa team that you've been trying to get over for years. It was a pretty magical moment and night, and it might be a forgotten moment, I think, as the years go by and as the drought goes by. You know, if they had made the postseason, it would have been a – I think it would have been a historic moment. What would really – them not making it last year, it kind of robbed Ilya Labushkin of, a, of an all-time Sabres moment. We would have remembered it forever. Now, you know, I'm sure it'll come up. We'll we'll uh, probably forget about it. And like I said, it'll be a really good trivia question uh, in 10 years. So, you know, that goal was awesome. Um, and it's been one year since we really, truly thought they were going to make it, I think. When we come back, a preview of Sabres and Blue Jackets, my parlay of the game. I'm, it's pretty similar to the last one. I'm going to make some tweaks to see if I can uh, get a hit uh, on this one against Columbus, one of the worst teams in hockey. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to recent indeed survey leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn right now. Support our show by saying you heard about it, heard about Indeed on Lockdown Sabres. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Final segment here in the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sabres and Blue Jackets, some Sabres droughtology for you on this Friday afternoon. Sabres droughtology of the day, themed for tonight's opponent, Columbus. 100% of Columbus's playoff wins in franchise history have come since the last Sabres playoff win. Before the last Sabre playoff win, the Blue Jackets had zero playoff wins all time. Zero. Since 15. 15. 100%. So just a little pick-me-up. Not a pick-me-up. It, it drives the anger, which I think uh, helps fandom in, uh, in this situation. So Sabres and Blue Jackets, the game itself, not really all that meaningful. You know, uh, I guess we're still holding out hope that there's a win streak in the Sabres somewhere to make things interesting. The problem really is that while we've been waiting for this win streak, they've had some easier stretches of games where they could put that streak together. Really, this week was the time to do the three-game win streak. Anaheim stinks. Montreal stinks. Columbus stinks. Come on, three in a row. No, they found a way to lose one to Anaheim. So they got one against Montreal. They could beat Columbus here, but then you got Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Vegas, Winnipeg, Toronto. These are all playoff teams that you're about to play. So it's going to get harder uh, after this game on Friday. So if they have any hope, and I don't really think they do, we're talking like I can count on one hand the percentage chance that they have. Um, 
you know, you can't you can't lose to Columbus, which they've already done, by the way, uh, this year. Of course, thinking back on the Blue Jackets and these two teams this year, nine to four on December nineteenth is a is a turning point in the season. It's really it's the night where we felt like they weren't going to do it. And this, this isn't the year. Is, is that right? December 19th? Is that too early where it felt like it's just not going to happen this year? They did have a four-game losing streak only a week, a couple weeks before that. But you lost 9-4 to four at home to Columbus. It's like, come on. This team is not going to do it. The, the Blue Jackets, by the way, they were up 7-1 to one in that game. Like it was, and that was in the second period. That's when you had those fire Donnie chants um, this season. Uh, that they were at least at their most, their loudest that they've ever been was that night. So since then, they got that win against Columbus a couple of weeks later, uh, three to two in overtime. And here they'll have another opportunity to do it in CBJ NHL Network game, but MSG for uh, those locally. So. For the game, no big surprises. There's not a lot of lineup stuff really to go over for the Sabres these days because Ukapekalukanen pretty much plays every game, and that's expected to happen again. Um, on the blue line, the only thing that I believe we are waiting on is Cal Clegg versus Ryan Johnson. I might predict Ryan Johnson will return to the lineup. Clegg, I did not like very much and only played 11 minutes against Montreal, so I'd expect Johnson to return to the lineup, but we'll see. No Owen Power just yet, barring a late surprise. Uh, so you're not going to get power in this game just yet. Blue line will look as it's looked pretty much, but with Clegg out for Johnson. Again, that's the expectation. Lines are the same otherwise. Uh, all right, parlay of the day for Sabres and Blue Jackets, who, by the way, Columbus, if you're wondering about like NHL draft stuff, they are dead last in the East, which is fourth last in the uh, in the standings. Uh, Fourth last total. And the Sabres are eight points above them. So if you're thinking about tanking or anything, no, they're too they're too far away. And I don't think the Sabres are bad enough to drop that far anyway. So parlay of the day uh, for Sabres and Blue Jackets, uh, which you can find at FanDuel Sportsbook. Same game parlay. I'm going to switch it up. I had one listener on a text line say, hey, can you start betting against the Sabres? Because every time you do that, they end up winning the game. So, all right, I'm going to do it. Emotional hedge. I'm going to bet on Columbus on the money line plus 130, I'm going to go under plus 104. The under has been cashing a lot for the Sabres as of late, thanks in part to Ukepeka Lukanen and the fact the Sabres can't score a lot. And I'm going to go back to Dylan Cousins. I, I had Cousins as an anytime goal guy last game against Montreal, and I feel like I got robbed. He had empty net opportunities. He hit a post when the goalie was out of position. I thought Cousins was this close to scoring and I can't live with myself if I don't go right back to him and he were to score and I didn't have it. So Cousins to score a goal at plus 240, under six and a half at plus 104, money line for Columbus plus 130. All of that adds together for plus 3246. So if you were to bet 10 on that, it would be 324. If you were to bet 100 on it, it would be 3200 bucks. So that's my parlay of the day for Sabres and Blue Jackets. And hopefully we get a Sabres win leading us into the weekend. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's show. We'll uh, keep you posted in this Winnipeg story. I'm really into it, the business side of things in the NHL. Arizona's got to be the team that gets out of here first, though. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd, be a sh it'd be hilarious if Winnipeg got moved before Arizona. All right, 
Thanks for listening here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Making us your first listen every day. Check out Lockdown Sports today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Talk to you next time here on Locked on Sabres.